Okay. <clears throat> so, oh, shit, I'm starting. Okay, so I guess I'll start. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start in three, two, one. Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Woo! Colorful backgrounds! Yes, welcome to this virtual book club that's actually a podcast. Because yep. what is time space? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it 2020? Probably. It's what, like December 87th, 2020 at this point. Like, honestly, like, I don't... Who knows? I don't know, but, you know, we here, doing the damn thing, whatever. Yeah, and speaking of time being an enigma, we are continuing today with Marcy's Pick, the South Asian historical fiction mystery novel, Widows of Malabar Hill. Oh, yes, and y'all, when I tell you, like, I just, like, I know we usually save this, but, like, this book, y'all, this book, oh, Mm. so good, it's so... So fucking good. I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, yeah, it's a fun one. It's a good, it's a page turner. You know, you're sitting there like, ooh, what's going to happen next? Exactly, exactly. And ooh, and y'all, we'll get to it in the plot summary, but like, it's like, it's like complicated, but not complicated. It's like a lot going right. on, but y'all, it's li- it's so fucking lit. Oh my God. I, I ooh, ooh, can't wait to talk about it. Oh my I God. know. Speaking of talking about things though, before that, Marcy, I have a question. Oh, shit. I mean, last time you had a cultural context, I was like, it's going to be a part two. But I also fuck with a question. <laughs> right. Your question. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to keep everyone on their toes. Um, okay, so <laughs> what we, what's that? Um, tricks are for kids when they, the, the bunny's like running around. Oh, yeah, the, like the bunny. Who, I was like, also, I, okay, uh, like plot hole. I'm like, didn't the bunny make the tricks, though? I'm like, if you made it, have you never tried it? Like, it's you just give true. it some shit you never tried to the, to the kids? Like, right. But also, like, how, first of all, like, what does a bunny have to do with, like, trick cereal? Like, the names aren't even similar. Right. I, and I'm like, is it, isn't your face on the box? Like, at the very least, when you had, like, that photo shoot, mm. like, they, you, you would have thought they tried the product. Like, I'm just so, <laughs> have you, ne- I'm like, you gaslighting the fuck out of all of us. I am hard-pressed I mean, to believe your ass never tried these fucking tricks. And also, tricks, I mean, they were cute, but we're doing a lot. We're really doing a lot. It really was not worth all this. Like, these kids, like, girl, like, I mean, they're cute, but they're no one's Lucky Charm mar- marshmallows. Like, right. They're but not. Here's what I will say. You know, when you're doing a a shoot for things, I feel like the food is, like, manufactured. Like, they, like, it's not mm. real food. It's, like, you know, they put, like, food. Co- I mean, I guess that's the cereal is just food coloring anyway, but I feel like they add things to, <laughs> to like, is the Is the actual product real either? Like, right, right. <laughs> it's not nutrients. Um, Shit. But also, like, it was, like, a weird era where people were always trying to trick animals for snacks. You know, like, like what, the Tiger Woods? Like, not Tiger Woods. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, the, the Tony the Tiger? Tony the Tiger. But I feel like maybe that was a more positive one. Tony was like, you're great. Okay, whatever. That's not yeah. what... <laughs> anyway, also, here's... like, real quick. So, also, just while we talk about cereal, I don't know. I, I would always look at the nutritional facts, and they would have, like, mad vitamins. Like, they're like, oh, girl, you're getting your B12, your ribo... Flavin and all this other shit. And I'm just like, is this real? Like, I feel like it feels not real. I'm like, this don't taste like nutrients, but... I feel like it's real, but only in the sense that, like, if you had real food, you they wouldn't have to tell you it was nutritious. <laughs> it would just be nutritious. And they wouldn't have to add the vitamins in. Um, fair enough, fair enough. I feel like yeah. Big Cereal is going to come after us, like, cancel this show. <laughs> right, so it's like, well, like, to, of all... Of, 
all the enemies we could have made. We Truly, how did we get there? <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's like a documentary made about us, and we're just like, yeah, girl, honestly. And like, it, oh my God, I love it. I can't wait. Honestly, can't wait. HBO, hit us up. I'm ready. I'm, Mar- I'm ready. <laughs> Marcy so. and Akko were just some normal podcasters. To what day they <laughs> took on big cereal. <laughs> In one. And one. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, what a story. Oh shit. Um, speaking of stories, yeah, I have a question. So the question <laughs> is <laughs> I was like, this is going into a smooth transition. Then I was like, you know what? We're fine. Um It's fine. But <laughs> you are the main character in a mystery novel. Ooh, okay. And that's that's the premise. And mm-hmm. uh, listeners, that's also the premise. So, like, you need to also be imagining this. Okay, this is not just for Marcy, um, right? What would be your setting, your time mm-hmm. period, and your occupation? You know, are you a detective? Mm-hmm. Are you a lawyer, like Praveen? Are you, I don't know, like, mm. a doctor? I, I don't know, a psychic. And then, what would be your clientele? Who would you be helping out? Oh my god! I know. Ooh. I love. Oh, I actually really love this. I love this question so much. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so I'm literally just going off the dome, just saying whatever comes to me first. Sure. So, I like the okay because I feel like when it comes to mysteries and like detective moments and shit like that, I feel like there's always a kind of like a home agency or like a. It, it always feels very legal. Which, well, mm. I mean, with reason, given that like I mean, you're literally about to convict motherfuckers and other shit. Like, like it makes sense. But I kind of like the idea of doing something that, like, on the surface has, like, nothing to do with any sort of, like, detective, law enforcement, like, legal anything. So I like the aesthetic of, like, being part of some kind of, like, artistic performance group. Like, whether that be, like, a band or, like, a Mm. dance troupe or, like, something, some group that is, like, really popular that, like, always kind of brings people around. And, like, through that, you're able to kind of, like suss things out like i feel like there's always a moment where it's like oh we have to catch the person in the the thing that they're doing and it's like i like the idea of like being like a almost like a like a like a what's like what's like who's a group that the kids listen to like a oh my god (laughs) oh my god like like do do the girls listen to panic at the disco anymore i don't know um anyways like some kind of like band (laughs) moment and it's like people come and you just kind of find people like you you're able to kind of like get the details on them and then they come to you and then you just like do the thing Mm. okay so like i kind of like a what like Josie and the Pussycats or like Jabberjaw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. So look at me being like, it's never existed. Yeah, like so that. <laughs> Basically, I really like that aesthetic. I Wow, shit. But that being the case, I would love... Okay, so as far as like the setting and the time period, I do like kind of a retro moment, but like pre like cell phones and internet. Like I kind of like, or at least like in the early stage, I feel like it'd be kind of cute to maybe do like a... Maybe like an 80s or like a 90s themed thing. Mm, okay. Because I feel like, I don't know, maybe people were like a little bit more present, like not so like on their phones and shit. I don't know. It's something about today's age just feels like everyone's like really distracted. So I kind of mm. like that just for like the kind of like the aesthetic of like, oh my God, like to do things, I have to like actually call you and like, I don't know, go to a pay phone or like do some shit like that. You know, like oh, it feels very active. Um, That's the suspense. Right. Rather than being like, I'm on a computer that like knows everything. And then my clients. Oh, because <laughs> I'm thinking if we are per- if we're a performance group and ideally the people who would be guilty would likely go to these events I'm trying to think who would be a clientele because I mean other artists feels lazy but like maybe I don't know it's just like or like it could be like a know. various group it could be like artists but also other celebrities but also yeah you know fans 
too. Mm, you know, like yes. they come to the show and they're like, I had to get backstage because I had to tell you about this mystery. Exactly. Yes. And then we're like, freeze, motherfucker. And they're like, oh my God. <laughs> so I, all of the above to what you just said. Um, And as far as like just the group, I feel like it'd be me and maybe like three others. I feel like four is like a respectable, like, mm you know, RPG party kind of size. I feel like four is very cute. It's not too big. So it's like, okay, well, people are getting diluted, but not too small that it's like, okay, this is the Marcy show, which could be a cute spinoff. But um, yeah, I like that. Like, yeah, like Josie and the Pussycats or whatever, but okay. like make it dancey and queer and all that shit. So yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. What but about I, you? I feel like I see a lot of colors happening. Um, if it's Absolutely. in the 80s, there's lots of like wristbands and like leg warmers. Right. And like neon tights and shit. And it's just like, what? And like everyone's like jazzercising and shit. Right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just like dead. wistfully look out the window. I'm like, if only. And it's like, I mean, Marcy, you can make it happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't go back to the 80s, but you could make the show. This is true. So, you know, we'll see. What instrument would you pay, play? Would, would you play? Would you be the singer? Like what? Ooh, oh, my God. I love that question. Um, I could see myself either singing or like. I'd love to like play the violin or like the ch- ooh no <laughs> the this. cello. I love this. <laughs> I love like I would love like a lo- like a give me a big ass thick ass cello and like it's like a group that like it's like that bitch has a cello and it's like yes but like it works with the music like I like it being like kind of a gag like people are like oh wow like, I can't God. believe this like pop group has plays the cello like I love like kind of like how Lizzo plays the flute something like that. Um, okay. Would the cello like yeah. make an appearance in the mystery solving? Like, would it be like, and then Detective Marcy with this cello, you're like running through the streets like a cello, like stop, the- <laughs> you're like trying, right? To or like, yeah, like it doubles as like a briefcase, or doubles Ooh. as some kind of like investigative thing, or like I'm able to kind yes. of like transport things in it. I love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you open yeah. it up and you're like, oh, like, and then you, yeah, and like no one suspects anything is in there because like who would hide things in a cello? I, this is actually a right. Oh, or maybe like whenever like the like the people who did the crime like are like, oh, like backstage of Marcy, like cool, cool. I'm like, oh, like I'll play you a little like cello solo, and they're like, oh my god, can't wait. And then I open it up and it's like literally all the receipts, like they oh. just come spilling out. And I'm like, also, if you look here, actually on this on the date in question, you were here, blah 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 blah, and they'll be like, <laughs> bitch, I have been caught. Be like, yeah, bitch, you got caught. I'm so. dead. I love. And this. then it would just end, and that'd be the credits. <laughs> Roll the credits. So, so yes. Oh what about you? I feel like um, I I really feel this like future sci-fi noir lone detective aspect where it's like mm, okay Akko alone in the future it's very Blade Runnery you know lots of flying cars which you know I know we all imagine flying cars in the future I'm a little iffy on that's ever gonna be a, a reality but one I'm do. not like that pressed either I'm like if that's cars on the ground mm-hmm. are a fucking mess like yep. do we really need that extra dimension like do we do we need it right and like the question is why why like, do we have flying cars right <laughs> like why <laughs> I'm not sure. Because then you like pretty much have to get a pilot license, right? Like right. I would imagine. Right. Like unless the the ground. Well, honestly, I guess floods and like the sea level rise is so high that like there's no land left on the earth. Oh my god. Like, okay. Well. Okay. Well, anyway, okay. that's not. That's, <laughs> and that's not how climate change. Please talk to a profession. That's not how climate change works. Okay. But um, I just feel like there's so much misinformation about climate change that once you start saying things, people. Anyway. Um. Well, anyway, mine's in the future. <laughs> and, <laughs> 
it's a new noir novel and it's like i'm always narrating the story in the back of my head it's like akko walked down the alleyway she was looking mm. for clues this smelled suspicious but she couldn't tell what was happening you know mm. like that's always happening and then I, I have a very long trench coat and everyone's like why why do you have a trench coat coat that long and i'm like it's full of secrets <laughs> i don't know and then i, I, I may or <laughs> and then you know it's it's i maybe i'm i'm lukewarm on a sidekick i can see there being like a lot of fun dynamics into play but i think that's got to be like book two or three you know a new element to spice up the series so gotta establish yourself first you know Mm -hmm. like you don't want to get lost in the side characters that's what i'm saying although you know you do you you know a watson and sherlock situation but um my my clientele i feel like my clientele will run the gambit of everyone in society you know and i like when they come in i'll always ask like like, you know, I'm a private eye. I'm not like part of the law. But, yeah, I'm a private eye. They'll be like, I'll be like, so what makes you stoop to asking a private eye for help? They'll be like, <laughs> I had nowhere else to go. And I'm like, I'll, I'm always sitting on my desk with like my feet on, on my table, even though like that's very rude. It's my desk and I paid for it. And like, I shouldn't be scuffing my own table. <laughs> it's just for the aesthetics, you know? <laughs> you have to like clean the surface afterwards. Right. Like, all these fucking marks. <laughs> Gotta get new desks and shit. And it's like, oh my God. Like, why don't I just use a coaster? Like, your assistant's like, Honestly, I could really be fucking these deadlines. Like, like, I get it, the aesthetic, but like, it's, it may not be the best use of our budget. It's just honestly. like so unnecessary. What's you trying to prove? Like, <laughs> it's like these are temporary meetings. Like they leave. Like it's like, is, was it really worth it? Anyway, so, so yeah, that's what I imagine. Mine that the the, the aesthetic is always very grimy and dark. You know, it's mm. um, but like lots of like um, we're in like a city, so there's lots of like neon lights and like flashing signs. Mm. So. That's why. I see it. This sounds great. Honestly, and then we could do like a crossover episode. And they're like, this is so silly. How did these groups even come together? And it's like, (laughs) oh, yes. Oh my God. So fun. Right. Like, oh, and like, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, there's a band playing down at the, you know, whatever concert hall. The main, the main lead singer actually plays the cello. I wonder what's hidden in his suitcase. You know, like something like that. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh! Maybe, maybe it becomes this like whole like standing collaboration, or like just like an episode here and there, and then people right. are like, "Oh, girl, Marcy on the track! Like, what's about to happen, girl? Like, just and then shenanigans abound." It's true, and there's there's got to be a time travel subplot here because we're clearly in two different times. So, mm, like maybe there was like a like a villain that like mm-hmm. traveled through time. Yeah, so we had to like work together. Ooh, uh, right! It sounds like a good. Time. Oh my god. And then maybe the plot twist could be maybe like I was the villain and it was like, oh my God, <gasps> like the villain was actually working on your side the whole time. Like I can see it being, it could be a whole movement. It um, could. That's book 15 right there. Ooh. Basically. Mm. And it's like, yeah, all this time you thought Marcy was one way, but girl was actually completely different. Yeah. Also, I feel like I would make a great villain. I feel like I would make a great villain. I feel like very, very charismatic, very fun, very just, ugh. It'd be everything. First of all, I feel like there's there's a great scene here where you are playing the cello like very, but like an evil way, you know, like it's mm. like dun, 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 you know, and it's like I'm looking <laughs> right. through all these doors trying to look for you, and you're just somewhere playing a cello like menacingly. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, "What is this movie?" I love it. I, it's great. like the music like lures you in, and it's like ah, right. you finally arrived, and it's like oh my, and then the battle breaks out. It ensues. Yeah. Oh, I uh, love this. <laughs> I love it too. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, we gotta work on that side. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're gonna work on that on the side. Um, oh, maybe we can make it like a podcast, like an <gasps> audio podcast, storytelling. Ooh, we gonna talk offline because I feel like the people want it. Meanwhile, the people are like, we actually don't want this, and I'm like, I just uh, all I'm hearing is that they want it. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the listeners are like, we came here for Parveen, and we're like, yeah, 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 we'll get to Parveen, we'll get to her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, even Parveen's like, yeah, girl, girl, wait, like, I'm actually interested. Like, Parveen is at least interested. Shit. Right. Um, anyway. Uh, amazing. Well, yeah. should we take a break and then get back to, I guess we should talk about Parveen uh, and the goings-on of the Widows of Malabar Hill, but I agree. I'm excited for this whole noir. I'm excited. I think it's going to be late, Yeah, so. I'm excited. All right, mm, y'all. See yes. you soon. Sounds good. Yeah. Woo. All right, kids. So <laughs> <laughs> Woo, these transitions. Okay. Well, you know, 50 whatever episodes at this point. We yeah, whatever. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Y'all know what this is. Like shit. <laughs> I just want the, the reader to know that um my in the in the document it says piffy statement with one bracket missing even the second bracket. So if you're wondering how our transitions look, that's that's our script. Um, but hey, <gasps> speaking of scripts, um, let's do a short recap of what happened last time. So, Amazing. Oh, wonderful. So, uh, the time period in the last book is broken up into two parts. We have 1917 and 1921. So mm-hmm. if you remember from 1917, Praveen was at university trying to become a lawyer, despite her professors and the other students being literally the worst. And while she's there, her frenemy introduces her to a silver-tongued devil named Cyrus Sotowala. And you're like, ooh, Cyrus. (laughs) So Praveen ends up leaving school. I'm mad because you know Cyrus is cute, but like, you know, he's just trash. Mm. Trash. But you know he's fine. Oh, you know he's cute. You know he's fine. But that's the thing. Everyone, remember, you can't judge people on their appearance. You know, someone very nice could not be conventionally attractive. And someone conventionally attractive has nothing to do with their morality. Ooh, come on. Come on with the word that we all needed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, but um, Praveen ends up leaving school after a bullying incident while she's taking a test. And she and Cyrus have a whirlwind romance that ends in their marriage. Although her parents and her grandfather are excessively skeptical yeah so cyrus and praveen moved to calcutta where cyrus lives with his bottling company and i think they bottle soda or juice or i guess her name soda yeah i think it's yeah yeah so but anyway so things are (laughs) steamy and fun (laughs) (laughs) um sexy you know and then praveen's gonna start going to school and and, Mm. at the local college it's gonna be great uh, her relationship with her mother-in-law is not great. Um, a little stressful. Mm-hmm. And by little, I mean a lot. But things get yeah. um, even more stressful when Praveen gets her first period. And she is locked away in a room based on a very old... They're both Farsi. So they're both Iranian in background. But Praveen's mm-hmm. family doesn't follow this tradition anymore. While the Sotowal family does. It's this old seclusion tradition where when a woman has her period, they lock her in a room because they're like, this will stop the spread of disease. Even though yeah. it's definitely not doing that. And there's no water. And it's very unhealthy. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. So... Cyrus does nothing to stop this from happening. And of course, that makes the tension between them continue to grow and their affection dwindle. And that 
affection dwindles even more when Praveen and Cyrus realize they both have chlamydia after Praveen goes to the doctor because she's mm-hmm. having trouble getting pregnant. And then their affections pretty much evaporate when Praveen realizes that Cyrus's family has been asking her family for money to expand their bottling empire. Praveen's like, yeah. whoa, did you just marry me for a check? And Cyrus is actually not there to answer that question. So she's like, <laughs> I'm going to go find him. So she gets, right. <laughs> gets in the car, drives over to his place. To find him with his buddies and another woman may, may not be a sex worker. And she's like, hey, Cyrus, one, you're cheating on me? Two, we both have chlamydia. And the doctor was like, don't have sex for a month while this medicine kicks in. So you don't spread it to other people. Yeah. You're doing literally zero of the right things right now. And Cyrus is like, I am entranced with toxic masculinity and bad behavior. So instead of, you know, looking inside myself and realizing how my toxicity affects others and puts them in harm's way, in particular the people I love, it's your fault. And I'm going to attack you, which he does. <sighs> yeah. Luckily, his friends managed to grab him away. And Praveen's like, um, I'm leaving. So she hops, skips back to her mother-in-law's house. Mother-in-law's like, I can't believe she left on her own without us. And Praveen's like, this is me going upstairs. This is me packing my bags. This is me walking out the door. This is me leaving. And so she gets on a train and she literally leaves. So... That's the recap of 1917. Um, so Perveen gets back home safely from Bombay and her father and mother meet her at the station. And she and her mom have a chat and she's telling her basically all the terrible things that happened. And her mother is literally horrified. And she's like, I didn't even tell your dad because I was hoping you guys would work it out. But I didn't realize all this stuff was happening and we need to tell your father. And she's also like, mm. oh, man, why is grandfather's like pet parakeet here? And she's like, um, your grandfather passed away and we were waiting for you to come home. Did you not know this? And she was like, great. So not only were they locking me in a room, they were hiding my letters from me. And so everyone's in agreement after talking to um, her father, Jam Sheji, that she should not mm-hmm. go back to Calcutta and she should not reconcile with Cyrus, who is not a good person, even though he's cute and attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um so Praveen and Shady sit down and basically Shady tells her, you know, to read the Parsi Marriage and Divorce Act of 1865. And this is important because remember, they live in India. India has lots of different laws and lots of different cultural religions. So there's Muslim law, there's Parsi law, there's all sorts of different laws. So she's reading theirs because this is the one that they're going to they're going to go to a Parsi court for divorce mm-hmm. since they're both Parsi. So the law has a number of restrictions. One of them says a woman can be jailed for abandoning her husband, which... You're like, um, what? <laughs> Two, yeah. cheating on your wife with a sex worker is not considered cheating for men. And three, her attack was not severe enough to allow for a divorce. Praveen is super shocked that these laws are so unfavorable. But Jump Shady's like, that's, those are the laws. You know, we're hoping, you know, if we have more female solicitors, like they can work to stop this. And you're like, Ugh, everyone should just work to stop this. But anyway. Right. So, right. Ugh. <laughs> Anyway, okay, well. So Jump Shiji's like, anyway, we're, we're going to get you a legal separation. You won't be able to get a divorce, which means you won't be able to get married again until he cheats with someone, I guess, who's not a sex worker. I'm not sure why this distinction is made, but uh, we do know sexism. Um, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jump Shiji's like, okay, we're going to Calcutta. And Praveen's like, woo! Okay, they're not like woo because it's like a serious situation. <laughs> but <laughs> they are going together. So... When they arrive, they realize that the barrister who was supposed to represent them, because Jamshiji and Praveen are like, well, she's not a lawyer yet, but they're 
um, licensed in Bombay, not Calcutta. It's a different court. And so they're like, um, we hired a barrister to represent us. And he was like, you know, like, I know I took your money and I like know I said I was going to be here, but I double booked. And there's this other case. I'm going to do that one instead. And you're like, can you, should we? Okay. Um, and like so, so, so you're not gonna get nobody else to take the case. Like you're right. literally just like, I'm just like not gonna do your case, right? And not reschedule it. I just like don't care. And I'm like, that's a choice. Like you can truly make a choice. choice, not the right <gasps> one. So John Shady's like, you know what? I know that um, up until this point, I've seemed like a mild manner uh, lawyer from Bombay, but actually, I am a zaddy. He <laughs> like is like <laughs> oh, zaddy. Yes, I am also licensed for the british bar which means i can go to court in any place in the british empire which you're like ooh, colonialization is awful it does standardize things which i guess is helpful in this particular case but on the aggregate is a problem but not yeah. was like can you please just read the book and not like analyze it in the middle of the summary and i was like good point good point <laughs> so then anyway so jump shade g has to put on this like white wig and gown for the <laughs> That the British like make them wear to be in court, which people still have to do that to this day. I think when they're being sworn. Are you in. serious? When they're being sworn in, I don't think in, in court. Um, but you have to put on a wig. Yeah, I think in Britain, not in America. In America, there's no. Wigs. Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't uh. really get it. But I think it's like way back in the day. I I think what it is is like people got stuff really easily, and so like people's hair was like kind of not cute. Because um, <laughs> you know, like in the, I, <laughs> so they would put on a wig. I I don't fact fact check me, but anyway. So um, <laughs> they begin the case. <laughs> they begin the case, and uh, Cyrus apparently like didn't do his homework or do any of the readings because he came in with this like like at all. Yeah, it was like this real lukewarm argument. He was like, "My mother doesn't get along with her, and she doesn't clean, and she wanted to get educated with her own money." And Dom Shiji's like, um, "Allow me to counter with the fact that you locked my daughter in a room, cheated on her, gave her an STI, and beat her up." And Cyrus is like, interesting, interesting. He's like, like <laughs> one time she tried to make potatoes and she put them on newspaper. And it's like, Cyrus, girl, you weren't even there for that. Right, like, right. What? Like, I'm like, literally, you bullshit, girl. They're like, like objection, honestly. hearsay. But anyway, so um, he also points out that his little sister, Azara, died in seclusion. And therefore, Praveen has a reasonable fear that something bad could happen to her in those rooms. And it's, it's not incorrect. That's true. And they're just like, thank you, Akka, for pointing that out. Because that's not incorrect. In fact, it is true. And because of that, I agree to this legal separation. <laughs> so um, Cyrus is in his feelings afterwards. And he like walks up to the family. He's like, how could you bring up my family's past shame? And Jamshaji's like, you you're real close right now for someone who hit my daughter. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Right. So later on, we figure out Cyrus has been calling from the hospital. And at first, Praveen thought it was someone else calling, but he was doing it under a pseudoname. So Praveen goes and like visits him in the hospital. And it turns out he's like terminally ill with syphilis. Now, I know mm-hmm. people are probably a little confused. They're like, you can be terminally ill with syphilis. And you can in 1921. Why? Because there's no penicillin. And if you didn't have penicillin before 1921, syphilis will literally eat at your brain. So, yeah. so he, she's like, wow, that's really bad. And he's like, I know. They're going to give me arsenic to try and cure it. And you're like, they're going to give you arsenic to cure syphilis. Oh, boy. Yeah. We're not in a good place right now. We're not. So even they're like, you have 1921. They're like, there's probably like some type of medicine that's better than this. But I, I imagine it's 20 to 30 years away from now. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. So then Cyrus, under his pseudonym, is like, hey, can you write my will? And she's like, no, because it's a conflict of interest. And everyone's going to be like, you just wrote that to get all the money. 
um, I'm, I am a solicitor. And he was like, you're right, you're right, you're right. And he's like, to be honest, I just wanted to see you again because I feel awful. I basically wasted my life and you were the best part of it and I treated you so awfully. And she's like, that is true. Um, you said nothing but facts. And then he was like, yep. well, hey, um, I'm in a lot of pain. Can you help me die? And this is not... Um, Assisted suicide is like a very heavy topic that people have written about a lot about and the laws about it differ from country to country and there's lots of arguments for mm-hmm. and against, of which I'm not going to talk about because I am not qualified. But if you do want to read about it, you should read a different <laughs> source. So she says no, because she's like, I can't do that. And she apologizes and she says, look, you know, I hope things get better. I'm going to say goodbye. It's like, I'm so sorry. We're good. Everything. And Praveen leaves knowing she'll never see him again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the end of the whole Cyrus Sodawala Praveen arc. But jumping into 1921, then da da da. Um, <laughs> if you recall, <laughs> I'm just gonna do a quick recap, and then Marcy's gonna take over for the story as of part two, yes, yes. which is the arbitrary part two that we made up. But surprisingly, works for this book. Anyway, so. Everyone's like, what is this? What is happening? (laughs) I think we stopped at what chapter was it last time? Was it? Oh, let me not start to lie. I think it was like 19. Sure. Sure. (laughs) So, from chapter 19, maybe or maybe not, Praveen is, as as a recap, Praveen is Bombay's first female solicitor and she works with her father, Jamsheji, as you guys know. Oh, by the way, after she left Cyrus back in 1917, she then went to. Britain to study law because she still mm-hmm. passed the the I think the, the qualifying exam. So she went to Britain. That's where she met Alice and worked for three years. What uh, whatever she passed the bar and then she came back and she works with her dad. Okay, mm-hmm. so one of their clients has passed away and has left three widows: Razia, Sakina, and Mumtaz, who live in seclusion away from other people. Seclusion. Well, just check the last episode. So all three widows mm-hmm. have signed documents turning over their inheritance for their late spouse's will over to basically a waif, which is. It's like a trust thing for charity. Yeah. Now, Jamshiji and Praveen are suspicious that they did not know what they were signing and that Mukri, the trustee of the estate, is manipulating the spouses since their husband's death. So Praveen goes to talk to the woman and she basically explains the will situation and where all the money is allocated and who has what. And she reveals things that some of the wives didn't know about each other, which makes everyone kind of... (laughs) iffy about if they all want to donate their money at which point mukri finds out that she's told them all the truth and confronts mm-hmm. praveen and tries to attack her praveen manages to escape but realizes she forgot her suitcase and heads back only to discover that mukri has been murdered <laughs> so so now it's like so so praveen's like okay so i came from my bag and there's a body like i can't Ooh. I can't just take my bag and leave. Like, I guess I have to investigate, call the police. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm going to pick up with basically what happened after all of this. So, essentially, the book picks up and, girl, we ain't wasting no motherfucking time. Also, just a quick preface. There's a lot goes on in this section. So, I'm going to try to keep the details clear. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to make things as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. So, basically, yeah. So, like, Mukri's dead. Parveen's like, what the fuck? You know, the widows are like, holy shit. So, they're like, okay, girl, let's get the police up. So they call the police and, you know, Zaddy comes as well. Perveen's dad, Jump Shady, <laughs> comes as well. And so they're like, okay, girl, we got to figure out what the fuck happened. So everyone's like, you know, doing their thing, being lawyers, being helpful. Weirdly, out of nowhere, no one, no one asked, no one, no one called, no one Zero wrote. Um, 
Alice shows up, Pervine's mm. friend from law school, and I was like, "Hey, girl, what you doing?" And Pervine's <laughs> like, "Um, there was like a murder. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to. I'm like a lawyer." She's like, "Yeah, but like, do you want to like hang out later?" And like, Zaddy's like, "Um, are you like? I'm sorry. Like, are you like? Is there a reason that you're here? like? How did you even get in? Like, I'm like, this clearly has to be a commentary on her being like this white British woman. Like, how the fuck do you just roll up to a fucking like murder right. scene? Like, what the hell? So like, Pervine's like, yeah, girl. Like, you just give me a second. Like, I'm like doing a thing. Um, mm. and I was like, yeah, girl. Like, I'm gonna wait for you later. And she was like, okay, girl, bet. Cool, cool, cool. So she's like, wow, like, yikes, what a mess. Um. So during all of this, there were like a bunch of different police officers, but the only people you really need to know about were there were these two um, inspectors. One was this inspector named um, Inspector Vaughn, who was like this white British guy, f- annoying as shit. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all the white British people in this book, except for Alice, are like kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, so Vaughn is the worst. And then there's another guy named Singh, who is like a like another Indian person who like they they like. And so all we really know is that. Early, so early, in, so in in part one, there was a guy named Mosin who basically would like kind of watch the like kind of stand guard for mm-hmm. for the for the house. Like he would essentially just make sure everyone was safe. Woo woo woo. So come to find out, basically Inspector Vaughn took Mosin to jail, and Pervine's like, "Why would you do that? Why would you do that?" And he was like, "Well, basically Mosin was like out at the time of the murder, and so we think that he might have like." I don't know, like, his alibi didn't really add up, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, there was something about where, I guess he was sent on a task to get something for Sakina, but he told them that he was going to talk to the neighbors, and they were like, that's not really adding up, so they just took his ass to jail, slash... It's convenient that Mosin is like, you know, like a lower income person. So they're like, okay, nine times out of 10, if we cannot solve this case, we already got someone in custody. Mm. So we can say that someone's already gone to jail. So Praveen's like, oh, so y'all really give a fuck if he did this or not. And they're like, and don't. And she was like, ooh, yikes. And they're like, we're white and think we're better. And she's like, I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, and so Vaughn, the same one who arrested Mosin, is like, hey, so um, we need to get fingerprints from these widows. And also, we need to talk to them. Um, I'm trying to just do it my damn self. But, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to help? And she was like, yeah, girl, absolutely. Like, please don't. Like, they're, they, they do not have contact with men. You cannot just run up. <laughs> right. the fuck? And so, <clears throat> Preveen's like, sit your ass here. I'm going to talk to them. And we're going to figure out what happened. So Vaughn's like, cool. And I'm like, Vaughn's getting a lot of screen time for someone who's, like, really annoying. But anyway. So... <laughs> Praveen goes inside and naturally, you know, she, she comes across all these widows and like all of them are like really, really, you know, shook, shook from the whole thing, which makes sense. I mean, a lot just happened. And so she's like, okay, let me like talk to everyone, see what happened and just kind of get a feel for like where everyone was. So here, so she talks to, you know, Razia, Sakina, Amina and Mumtaz. And here's what each of them said. So I'll try to like break it down. <laughs> so Sakina was like, when the murder happened, I had a headache and I was laying down and like, you know, pretty much was just there until the body was discovered. Amina, who's Razia's daughter, was like, so I was in the garden and all of a sudden I just like heard a scream. Razia, you know, Amina's mother, was like, Amina saw Mukri's body through the jolly, which is like a hole in the wall. That's how you like and told us- the people in seclusion communicate with you from the outside. Uh, yes. When they're not out. Yeah. Bas- yes, exactly. So basically, Razia was like, yeah, so like Amina like saw Mukri's body through the jolly and like, you know, like knew it was Mukri, but like I didn't really confirm because like girl is a dead body. Like I wasn't really trying to do all that. Mm-hmm. And then Mumtaz was like, girl, I was sick and took a bath until I heard the news. So Praveen's looking at them like, okay, so no, so no one, <laughs> no one saw it. No one did it. Y'all were just all conveniently taking naps and just like not around when this shit happened. And she's like, yeah, girl, you know, 
that's how the cookie crumbles. And so Praveen's like, okay, girl, I guess. So so Fatima, who's like a like a younger girl who works in the house, um, after this whole conversation goes up to Praveen and is like, hey, so Razia's outside. Um, she's like in your car and she wants to talk to you. And Praveen's like, okay, interesting, interesting, interesting. So she goes to the car and Razia, Razia ass mm. confesses to the murder. And yep. I'm like, oh my God. And so, and also too, I was looking at the pages and I was like, okay, so it's like, <laughs> this page is like a smooth, this book is like a smooth 375 pages. It's like on page 200. I'm like, what are we going to do? We're we just going to sit right. here. <laughs> like, that's it. And so Razia's like, and then Parveen also knows that too. She was like, girl, we're only on page 200. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are we doing? And so Razia, so Razia's like, oh, but girl, like I definitely did the murder. And Parveen's like, okay, what happened? So, okay. So, so Razia's like, okay, so boom. Here's the story. <laughs> so essentially what she says is, so after Mukri yelled at Praveen, Raza just got really, really nervous because she was like, you know, like, basically Mukri talked to her and was like, if you don't hand me over the rights that you have to the walk, I'm going to marry off Amina to just whoever the fuck, which apparently is something that he can do being their like household yeah. manager person. And so Razia was like, oh, well, fuck, like, I don't want to, like, hand over the rights to the walk because, like, if I hand that over, like, that pretty much just gives him all the power. The fact that I have this is something that I need to, like, keep. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I don't want to mean him to be married off. So what I'll do is I'll pretend like I'm going to, like, sign him over the rights and then go to the Jolly, hand the document to him and stab him while, you know, that happens. She was like, boom, that's what. So, so, you know, I went to the hole in the wall. I put my documents through, stabbed his ass and girl, that was it. And the reason it kind of works is that next to the dead body was Rizia's uh, letter opener so it's yes. kind of like yeah very important detail thank you for that the same letter opener by the way that Amina was seen playing with earlier before mm-hmm. the murder so Praveen's like okay interesting story and Razia's like yeah girl that's all that happened Praveen's like you sure that's all that happened Razia's like mm-hmm. and she's like okay cool <laughs> so I have some questions so Praveen's like so how did you work it out with the angle because mind you Mukri's body had hella stab wounds like really deep ones and stuff she's like so he stabbed him once, but he had multiple stab wounds. And Roz is like, you know, it's just kind of like a blur, you know, like, <laughs> should be happening. And Perfect's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, you know, the angle of the jolly, like, how did you get him to even be on your level? Because, like, it's pretty low to the ground. And she's like, oh, well, I just had him kneel. And she's like, but how did you, how are there, like, stab marks and shit on his backside? Mm-hmm. Like, how did that, like, how did things like that happen? And Roz is like. It makes sense, Rosie. And Roz is like, I mean, um, you know, like, just like with the spirit. Co- and Perfect's like, girl. What I need you to do is never lie to me again about mur- this is a huge this a huge offense. If I was somebody else and caught you in this lie, like I could mm. like I could have easily just taken this testimony at face value and your ass would have gone to jail immediately. So henceforth, I don't mind representing you, but like you cannot lie to me. I know you're lying to me. You cannot do that. You got to keep it. You got to keep it a buck fifty with me. But and then also, Roz is like, okay, you're right. She kind of understands that, like, okay, you're the the first wife, and so you're trying to protect everyone else in the family. And you feel like it's your responsibility, but she's like, you can't cop to murder, also perjury, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> like, you can't. You can't do that. And Roz is like, okay, well, shit, you you right, but also too, you know, she's trying to protect. I mean, it's so like we get it, and so. The reason why we mention all of this is because basically at this point, Praveen establishes a relationship with Razia and was like, I'm specifically going to represent you throughout all of this, which will come up later. Mm. So, so Praveen's like, I'm going to just keep this on the low. Don't say nothing else about this. And we just going to get the figured out. And she was like, cool. And they were like, bet. So afterwards, Praveen's like, oh, girl, that was a lot. And like, she's like looking through the pages like, oh, my God, a <laughs> lot just happened. Let me just go to Alice's to key. So she like goes to Alice's house. Um, I don't know, Lady Hobson Jones, Alice's mom is there and Ugh. being racist. But girl, who cares? Um. And so essentially, 
Alice, while like, you know, while they're there, like just like kind of hanging out, um, tells Praveen that like the police inspectors from earlier were chatting with her dad, who her dad, by the way, is like this governor kind of chancellor person. I don't really know how like parliament is set up, but he's like a like a high up government person <laughs> in, 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 in the UK. And so essentially, you know, he, she, uh, Alice was just like, yeah, like, so, you know, like my dad was talking to them. And basically, again, it just kind of confirmed earlier that like they're just they really want to like get everyone's fingerprints and they really just want to like kind of get someone behind bars for this. Like they don't really necessarily care mm-hmm. who did it. It's also like a like a giant question at the moment of like, OK, so like now that Mosin is has been arrested and he guarded the home, like who's going to guard it? And yep. like no one's really been able to answer that question. Right. At all. And I'm like, so there's someone who. Y'all know that Mosin most likely, like, he could have done it, sure, but, like, probably, probably didn't. And y'all are just going to, like, leave these people unguarded? Like, we're just going to leave these women mm-hmm. and their children and these other, like, houseworkers just completely unguarded. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, so y'all actually are not even, just not, not shit doesn't even fully capture it. That feels, like, too much. <laughs> like, y'all are right. like, this is, oh, my God. Okay. And it's like, I mean, Praveen kind of points out that, like, there's a difference here how they would have treated this if this was, you know, a British person who had been murdered as opposed to Muslim woman, who, um, Muslim man who's been murdered. Mm, absolutely. Like, also, they're like, you can't use incarcerated people as scapegoats when you can't solve a crime. That's literally inhumane. So. Right. So. There's that. So basically, you know, that's all. A lot's going on there, but essentially Perveen's like, you know what? I need to go home, talk to Zaddy, and just figure out my... Okay, it's weird to say Zaddy when I'm talking about Perveen, so I'm going to not say that. The reason <laughs> we me, say that is da- because he's... Yeah, like for us, he's very... He's, he's just... He's got like a very sexy like... Uh, you know, and then every time he walks into a, he's just like very dismissive. You know, he's got he's got some right, dumb like, energy. He's got some like, dumb like, energy. Ooh, that's it. Ooh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And like I'm just I'm like ooh, Praveen, yo, daddy. Ooh, <laughs> okay. I'm like I'm like I just in person I just find it disrespectful. This is like a whole side note. I just find it disrespectful that like we're in 2021 and like Zaddy was like in around in 1921. I'm like, how you gonna miss? Like how you gonna separate us by a hundred <laughs> years? Like that's just it. Just feels like a cruel joke. Like I'm like how di- like literally universe? How dare you? Like we could have. It's fine. I know. And then it's when fine. he like steps in to be like, I'll represent you. You're like, oh my God. Like, and then everyone's I'm like, like fanning myself <laughs> off from the book. I'm like, oh my God. Like, We're all like, who's what? Like, oh. And then like, you know, Cyrus ended up being trash. Oh, sorry, tra- people aren't trash. He ended up being like a bad guy. And so when John <laughs> Shiji comes in and he's like all hero-esque and like, you know, a progressive father who in no way judges his, his daughter like after the events of what happened. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, you're just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, Yay, <laughs> humanity. Okay, right. sorry. Marcy, this is Marcy's turn. My bad, y'all. You good? You are totally good. <laughs> so basically, Praveen's like, okay, let me talk to my dad and figure out what happens. Because, like, she was kind of nervous that, like, Jump Shetty was going to be like, hey, so you actually can't work on this case mm-hmm. no more because it's, it's way too much going on. But, like, he was like, no, like, I trust you. Like, this is this is totally fine. But the only thing was that he wanted to update her and let her know that, like, while all this was happening, like, he went to... um Farid's fabric so Mr. Omar so Omar the guy who like died earlier um, he had like you know this whole fabric company has this whole fabric company and so he went there so Jamsetti went there and told the people who work there that like Mukri died and apparently they were just like oh no <laughs> not uh, Mukri oh my god not Mukri <laughs> fuck and then he like Jamsetti was like these are some Luke warm ass right sentiments <laughs> So clearly, Mukri wasn't really beloved. Like that wasn't re- that wouldn't really be the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or Ooh. sixth adjective I would use to describe him. Mm. Like, wait, beloved, hella low <laughs> on the list. So that's like okay. So like, did someone at the factory do it? Like, what's up? Because basically, 
like Mukri had this whole thing where he like technically worked at the factory but didn't really like that motherfucker right. was mainly at the house but like collecting a check and so people were definitely feeling resentful about that so they're like okay so a lot of people basically would not be that upset if Mukri died and clearly mm. were not so this kind of opens up the investigation a little bit so after this conversation they're like yeah girl Mukri sucked and like they were like yeah I mean yeah so <laughs> the next day Parveen goes back to Malabar Hill and it's like okay like let's talk to like the, you know the, the guards and the you know folks who work in the house kind of like get more like details on like what exactly happened so while she's there um Praveen talks to like a woman named Taiba who basically had to clean up the uh, murder scene yeah. from the day before and Praveen's like hey sorry I had to clean that and I'm like Praveen no apology is going to be right, right. to make it to justify the shit y'all may or do but anyway move on to the next um, question <laughs> like, it's not basically so it's like Praveen you might want to just skip the pleasantry sis but basically type of like you know they get in this whole conversation and um Taiba reveals that, you know, like, Mukri has stopped paying people who worked in the house. So, mm-hmm. again, like, there's more dissent against Mukri. And also, Praveen asked Taiba and was like, hey, so yesterday when I was, like, you know, around, walking around, kind of trying to figure out what happened, I noticed that there are two glasses in Mukri's room. Like, did someone sleep in there with him? And then Taiba was like, no. She was like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, what you trying to say? Right. Praveen's like, okay, you know what? Let me, let me back up. Because <laughs> clearly, let me not, you know, like, mm, I'm going to just... File save in my brain and just, you know, I'm just going to keep that in my brain. So basically after that, um, Praveen's like, okay, let me just like talk to, you know, Razia, Sakina, Mumtaz, Amina, figure out what happened. What? So she goes over there and they come to find out that Amina has essentially gone missing. Like just isn't around. There's this whole thing. And it's weird because Amina had a tendency to hide. Like she would like kind of hide around the house, mainly not to like for fun, but like for information. And so at first they were kind of like, okay, is Amina hiding for that? But then like she didn't come back for dinner like the previous night. Her clothes are gone. So they're like, where the fuck is Amina? So that's like this whole thing. And so Praveen's like, oh my God, we have to tell the police. And then Razia's like, oh, we actually shouldn't tell the police because it might make me look suspicious slash it might make, I don't know. It's just like, I like they had a really negative experience with the police the day before. So they're like, I feel like maybe she just like went to visit relatives. Like maybe she just like left in the, like, you know, mm-hmm. with the fact that there's no security, maybe she just like left. It's like not a big deal. And Praveen's like, are you sure? And Sakina was like, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with Razia here. Like, I feel like it's like, I don't know, maybe we just like write her relatives and like, you know, if she doesn't show up, maybe we just like do something then. And I'm like, okay, if you wait. That's like, you're like too late. Like you cannot wait. And then they were like, oh, and if it gets out that like Amina ran away, like she like won't be able to get married. And I was like, I feel like that's like not like, right. Like she's missing. (laughs) And someone just, okay. Um, so Praveen's like, I really feel like we should say something, but you know what? It's not my lane. I'm gonna just let y'all do your thing. But yeah. Mm. Um, also in this conversation, Praveen finds out, so Mosin, the guy earlier who got arrested and he was like the guard for the house, um, Sakina has sent him out to get um, a Rose Otter, I, I, I believe. It, how would you pronounce that? Okay. Yeah, Rose Otter. I think that's correct. Yeah. So basically like to get like a Rose fragrance because, you know, she has like really bad nerves. She was like, so that's what I sent Mosin out to do. But he never actually, you know, got like came back and gave me the thing. And then Praveen's like, okay, cool. Interesting. Interesting. So. Then she goes to talk to Mumtaz, come to find out that Mumtaz is pregnant, what? which is a whole thing. Because it's like, okay, so if Mumtaz is pregnant, that means that another child means more of the inheritance is like split. And if it's a boy, like that's going to be an even bigger share. So like Praveen's kind of like, you know, the rules are turning. She's like, okay, so if Mumtaz is pregnant and she's trying to keep it a secret from Razia and Sakina, but they know mm. that could be a reason to like frame her or get rid of her. So Mumtaz is Loki kind of nervous. She's like, they might kill me. And Praveen's like, I mean, Loki, you're not wrong. wrong. Um, she's like, I'm not your lawyer, but I would say get a lawyer. 
But uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, it's like you might want to lawyer up, sis, because yeah. uh, this ain't looking good. But also, they don't know if the child is Mukri's or the late um, Farid's, so they're not clear yet. They're like, well, we'll see. Basically. When, when the baby's born, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, Essentially. So, again, a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of character dynamics. A lot of things happening. So, Praveen's like, okay, we got a lot of details coming up. But let me just, let's do some simple things. I'm going to send me a little telegram to Rossi's family. Make sure Amina's cool. And I'm also going to go to that perfume shop that um, Sakina mentioned. Because if Mosin was there and bought the Rose Otter, like, I, I feel like I could kind of confirm that. And maybe we can use that as a way to get him out of jail. Because right. it seems like he was just, not even seems like, but he just literally was is wrongfully convicted so we got to figure this out so so Praveen goes to the perfume shop and she realizes that well two things one that Mosin didn't actually buy a rose otter but he bought one that was like sandalwood which essentially the only reason that that matters is because sandalwood is typically used for erotic purposes which I did so, not I did not I like after reading this I like looked it up and apparently yeah sandalwood is a very strong aphrodisiac yeah so anyway sorry and so Praveen's like, why the fuck was Sakina send Mosin out for an erotic? Like, why? Or if if she did send him for a rose thing, why? What is what is Mosin doing with this? Yeah, sandalwood shit, and also the perfume bill, mm. like hadn't been paid in like six months. Right. So Sakina would give Mosin money. We got money. questions. He would go to the perfume shop, but somehow they never got paid. Mm. So Praveen's like, wait, hold the fuck up! And then for like the <laughs> perfume shop was like, the, the 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 shopkeeper was like, yeah, yeah, I know you're going through like a whole thing, but um. I mean, if you want to pay this, <laughs> right? And then Parveen's like, I mean, I guess <laughs> so. Parveen pays the fucking bill, and she's like, I got some, I got some damn questions for Mosin's ass. So, not that aggressively, but she was like, I would like to go visit Mosin. Right, and right. Out exactly <laughs> what's going on. Like, actually, very tranquil. Like, really, not that, like, not that animated. Um. So basically, she goes to the jail, talks to Mosin. Mosin's like, uh. Yeah, you you caught me. I've been pocketing the money. Zaid, my child, needs it, my son, um, for this like skin cream. And uh yeah. And then Parveen's like, You're not even gonna I'm gonna try to deny it. And he's like, No, like that, yeah, it's pretty that much that is what it is. The, that's the truth. And Parveen's like, Do you have the sandalwood still on you? He's like, Yeah. <laughs> and then Parveen's like, Wait, did you tell them that you went and got the sandalwood? And they were and she and he was like, Yeah. <laughs> and Parveen's like, Why are you still here? Emotion's like yeah like, he's like girl you tell me bitch like i have no i literally no idea so praveen's like uh let me talk to the british so she gets together with like sir david and you know all the other police folks and she's like um y'all know that y'all wrong for this and Mosin is absolutely not guilty mm-hmm. and also he's trying to get in touch with sakina so y'all need to like make sure he gets in touch with her and take his why is Mosin's ass in this jail and they're right. like um i just and like Pervin's like exactly get his ass out of this jail y'all got me fucked full circle fucked up <laughs> she's what also the like fuck? no one's guarding the house like remember when we needed someone to guard the house and your police officers were supposed to do it and then you didn't do it and like can you can somebody do what they're supposed to anyone basically exactly and so a whole mess so Praveen leaves she like did she go to like did you go to mystery house yeah yeah so she went back to mystery houses which is like their law firm sir david alice's dad is inside and then Praveen's like i have oh like she's like looking back at her day she's like oh my so much has happened i'm so tired like (laughs) i really gotta deal with this bitch again and then sir david's like hey girl you know super like i just wanted to just drop by you know just how you doing and Praveen's like okay i know you're here for a reason like why the fuck are you here he's like okay boom so Push aside the pleasantries. Um, I need you to fingerprint the widows. And then Praveen's like, no. no. And Sir David's like, 
cool. So he leaves. <laughs> Praveen's like, okay. So Praveen's like, okay, I have like all this shit to be like, I need to figure out what the fuck. Like, so much. Moomtaz is pregnant. Most of the ass still in jail. Mm-hmm. Perfume bills. Amina's missing. What? So Praveen's like, okay, let me just figure out my whole life. So she's like being a lawyer at Mystery House. And she like gets a call like a couple hours later from like a woman that's like, please help me. So Praveen's like, oh my God, what the fuck? So she like runs outside. She tries to like go to Malabar Hill because she's like, okay, if someone's in, like if someone's missing, like if someone needs help, maybe someone like at Malabar hill it might be amina like oh my god so she's like just trying to make her way there but like you know the rickshaw she tries to get into like the tires blow out and she's like fuck and so as she's walking back to mystery house to kind of arrange another form of transportation she actually gets kidnapped dun, so dun, dun. you know yeah so someone like puts a bag over her head like takes her away and so she wakes up a couple hours later and escapes the kidnapping literally like she right. like Thought, like so she knew that where she was hours later was somewhere on water but she didn't know if she was like alone and so she was like calling out but no one was really responding so she was able to through just like sensory observation and all this other stuff put together that she was in some kind of like like a like a like a warehouse type situation right. so she's like, like in a bag but she cuts her way out basically just escapes is lit just es- engineers her own she's, escape she's by the dock so she's in like a yeah. storage warehouse where they take things put on ships and everything and she escapes mm-hmm. but then she also has a friend that from like page five like helps her out yeah so yeah basically yeah and i actually forgot who he was like he was like and then i think his name was giant like yep. saved her and was like like opened the door at least to reveal where she was right he he, he um, did very minute like it was like he opened the door and she was like ah oh, thanks and he was like huh <laughs> like, <laughs> she, was like, she was like going back home she's like ran back home. <laughs> and then it's like then giant had a subplot but he did it anyway so engineers her own escape goes home and then per- like Praveen's like oh my god I have got to get to get back to Malabar Hill oh my god like they need me and then Praveen's family which I, I gotta gotta agree with them on this one they were like Praveen mm. Praveen yeah. sister you literally just got kidnapped mm. maybe take a nap. take a beat give us at least 24 right please sit at home for 24 hours please and then she's like I am being I am being limited and they're like yeah <laughs> but um sister we need like just please just be at home for a day and she was like ugh and they were like great <laughs> so Praveen agrees to stay at home but she did say to her brother she was like hey so luckily her family actually worked to build the bungalow that like all of the the you know in Malabar Hill where everyone lived mm-hmm. and so they have access to those blueprints so Praveen was like hey brother of mine would you like to like give me them blueprints real quick so I can at least look at them while I'm here and he's like okay cool why not mind you he it wasn't that simple he was actually really annoying about it but it was fine it worked out <laughs> um Gives her the blueprints. Alice comes over for lunch. They're all like hanging out, kicking, whatever, whatever. And eventually Alice and Praveen get to talking and they look at the blueprints and it's like something about it just isn't adding up. They're right. looking at the dimensions. They're looking at the measurements. They're looking at the otherwise symmetry of the house and something about where Mukri's room was just seemed really off. And they basically put two and two together and they're like, there might be some kind of secret passageway mm. or something that's like that you can see in the blueprints that you would that wouldn't be obvious in the house. So we need to go back into Mukri's room and see what exactly is going on. Because also earlier, too, when they were doing the initial police investigation, Praveen was walking around in Mukri's room. And while she did notice those two glasses, she was walking towards this, like, closet space. And someone was like, what are you doing? Like, you can't go further there. And so she's like, we got some, we got some questions. Got questions. And then she was like, hey. And she's like, hey, Alice, I mean, you're helping me do this. Want to be a consultant? 
And Alice is like, yeah, I mean, I'm not really uh, doing much else, so I'm down. And so, there, like, like, there, like, some petty argument between Alice and Praveen that's, like, irrelevant? Anyway, it was a subplot. Yeah, like, because Praveen was, like, Alice is like, oh, I feel like you're too busy for me. And Praveen's like, girl, I'm literally the protagonist of Widows of Malabar Hill. Like, I literally <laughs> don't have time. Like, Alice, like, wanted to go to the movies. And Praveen's like, girl, I'm the protagonist. I got, like, Praveen <laughs> ain't got time for no damn movie. It's and true. Alice is like, you did not, t- you didn't have to come at me like that. Like, that was mean. <laughs> so it's just, like, this whole thing. But they're back in good grace, so they decided to work together. Praveen reveals all of this to Jamshetty and is like, hey, so we think that there's like a secret passageway, so we kind of want to check that shit out. And then he's also like, oh, like that's actually perfect because, so earlier in the book, actually, after that initial investigation, Jamshetty went to visit um, Sakina's parents so that like, she like uh, the, the they can figure out like a bodyguard situation right. since like Mosin had gotten arrested and also went to go to uh, Mukri's mother's place to like tell her that you know her son died but they all but they live in the same town so he's like oh i'll just do both while i'm there so they're kind of catching up perveen and her dad um and perveen's like oh my god i think there's a secret patch away we got to check this out and jamshani tells her some shit that she's like oh shit so those two missions of seeing mukri's mom and also seeing like sakina's family turns out that all of those things happen actually at the same address because sakina and mukri were actually cousins dun, dun, dun. and so come to find out basically the Mukri and Sakina had known each other for like mad long. Like, like you know, they were like really, really close. So close, in fact, that that was actually the reason that Sakina's family decided to marry her mm-hmm. to to Omar because they were like, low key, your relationship with Mukri is like kind of amorous and like that's not really a good look. So we're gonna marry you off. So that that's not even gonna be a thing that happens. And so basically, Praveen was thinking back to the whole thing. It was like, well, you know, come to think of it, Sakina did kind of have this like casual nonchalance throughout pretty much like the first and right, second arc of right. all of this. <laughs> and, you know, this whole secret passageway, these like this extra glass in the room, like, I got some motherfucking questions for Sakina. And then Jamshetty's like, I mean, are you really about to go back over there after being kidnapped? And she's like, I mean, are you, I'm the protagonist. Of course, I'm going and he's like okay you can't go by yourself please just go with somebody else and like so she goes to alice and it's like this whole thing so the climax so alice perfine go back to malabar hill and they're like, okay, we're going to like do a thing, boop, boop, figure out our jobs, whatever, whatever. So Praveen, basically, her job is to just check out Mukri's room, and Alice is just going to kind of distract everyone while this is going on. So Praveen sneaks into the house, and during that process, actually runs into Mosin. And based on that interaction, was like, she was happy that he got out, but she was like, <laughs> yo ass was the one that kidnapped me. She didn't say this, but she was like, they Mosin, the, your whole energy, yo ass. Yeah. You're giving me you kid now to me and throw me into a dog kind of energy. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. given that. And so Praveen goes into the room. She's like kind of like looking about whatever, whatever. She's in there for like low-key mad long. She's like, okay, girl, I kind of got, I, I kind of got to hurry this right. up. Like, this like, is a really good look. <laughs> I can't she's be able to while I'm trying to Like literally, <laughs> she's like reading books and shit. And Praveen's like, okay, girl, I can't, I, I'm, I'm low-key bullshit. So she's like, okay, let me find this damn passage. So she like goes to the passage area. Um, I mean, she like finds it. She didn't just like, it wasn't just like easily available. <laughs> it was like in a closet she, or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... She goes into the passageway. She like kind of walks the full length, and indeed, and indeed, it does go to where the women typically stay. But to the side, she finds a bag, and Amina's actually inside the bag. And it looks at first, Praveen's like, "Oh my god, Amina's absolutely dead," but she's not. She's mm-hmm. barely breathing, but she's still alive. She's unconscious. And then who else but Sakina <gasps> walks into the passageway? Ooh. And so Praveen's like, "I'm in this dark ass passageway that no one really knows officially exists." And I'm with Sakina, who her hand is in her sari in a way that looks a little suspect. Mm. 
on like she looks kind of armed and then basically sakina in, in a clear villain fashion just like says everything <laughs> perveen ain't really gotta do that much and perveen's like hey so and then well, sakina's I like think- I'll, I'll actually reveal my backstory and then perveen's like oh i mean i'll use emotional tactics to get you to t- say more but like <laughs> yeah she really real- didn't have to tell her all that but then perveen does use like you know like her her experience with cyrus to be like you know i know i know that like men can do things and change in ways that Mm. you know and then sakina definitely like, looks her in the eye and is like let me tell you and i'm like oh okay let i got my popcorn marcy got his popcorn when you're sitting there eating like 3d i'm in the damn on. passageway and i'm like i'm gonna kind of keep my distance because like <laughs> sakina look a little dangerous but i'm like i'm gonna watch the situation Ooh, right, girl, right right but i'm like i need someone to come in because like i'm not even useful like fuck <laughs> like i'm just like oh shit what do i even do so basically, um, Sakina essentially confirms like a bunch of different things that, yeah, she and Mukri had an amorous relationship that, you know, they would sleep together, like, you know, through the passageway and everything. And basically what happened was... But Sakina was, also helped Mukri get the job in the first place. Yes. Yeah. Like, she helped him get the job in the first place and, you know, it was this whole thing. And basically, once Omar died, the plan was, okay, well, Mukri has all this power in the house. So... Technically, he can marry off Razia, he can marry off Amina, he can marry off Mumtaz, and basically all of us, we could just kind of share in the wealth of the home. However, when Praveen talked to, to Sakina and was like, hey, so the one who actually runs the walk is actually Razia, and Razia actually is the one who technically owns the land that the factory's on. Mm-hmm. Like, Mukri wants y'all to think that he has that power, but it's actually Razia who has that power. Yeah. And so basically, Sakina put two and two together and was like, so he just wanted us to give all of our 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 share of this money to to this account that he didn't really have legal access to to essentially just pocket the money like mukuru was playing all of us mm-hmm. for the fool 4d chess and y'all. so basically and so sakina basically was like oh oh so you oh so if you're gonna try to be cute bitch i'm gonna be gorgeous like you're trying to you're trying <laughs> to like i can i can meet that energy through and through so she's like you know what so i realized that mukri betrayed me had to kill him had to get rid of his ass um he luckily the passageway like becoming a terrible cold-hearted person too like it's not don't murder people but like it wasn't like her she was heartbroken there was like this whole scene where she's like when i betrayed him he looked me in the eye and he couldn't believe it was me and i couldn't believe it either i was like well, it was very intense yeah yeah so a lot was going on there. She was able to kind of get away with it because when she, so she went through the passageway to kill him. When she was coming back, she like took off all of her, like any clothes that were like, you know, Covered stained with, with like blood mm-hmm. and basically left them in the passageway and like, you know, kind of just made it seem like she was just kind of like chilling, kicking, whatever, whatever. But Amina actually discovered the passageway and found her sorry. And so once she's found the blood soaked sorry, she was like, hey, Sakina what's this and sakina's like hey amina here's some poisoning want to get tea and amina's like oh tea <laughs> and so they like have tea and like of course amina's is like laced with morphine so she literally poisoned a child mm-hmm. and was like um i'm gonna take her body put it in the passageway um i'm gonna hide her clothes to make it look like she ran away also i planted that like letter opener that razia and amina were seen playing with next to mukri's body just in case razia tried to get cute because razia knew i had this goddamn passageway so if she tries to get cute i could easily point it on her Mumtaz don't really know nothing. Mumtaz, honestly, I mean, she, I mean, she's also, just kind of. I think the, Sakina's really doing that much. giving her sleeping medicine. She was like, I, I was going to use the morphine on Mumtaz because Sakina actually knew she was pregnant. She's like, but sleeping pills work just as well. And you're like, damn. I Sakina. did not even put that together. Yeah. I thought Mumtaz was just really. Oh no. my god. 
That's why she gets better after Sakina's out of the picture. Because afterwards, she's just like walking around, having a good time. <laughs> also, yeah, you know, being pregnant and being tired aren't like, I mean, people are tired when they're pregnant, but Muntah is sleeping all the time. That's not that's not how being pregnant works. Fair enough. Yeah, I, didn't think, I mean, it just I just thought it was like every time Praveen saw Muntah, she was tired, but it wasn't mm. that Muntah was always tired, you know? I was like, oh, like, weird timing that every time Praveen sees her, she's really tired. <laughs> but um, basically, you know, that... um. She basically explains this whole plan and um, she like, you know, pulls out this like long ass knife and Praveen's like, oh my God, like girl is curtains, but right. who else but Alice and the police, but the fun police, um, Inspector Singh, who we like, <laughs> came in and they were able to kind of like, you know, arrest Sakina and make sure that like no one was harmed. And then like, you know, they were like, okay, Amina needs medical attention literally three days ago because she's been in here for three days. Um, but she was okay. Everything worked yeah. out. And essentially, yeah, like, so Sakina got arrested. Um, Her charge was only One year. about a year. Yeah. So, you know, definitely, you know, her privilege kind of gave her, like, a lesser sentence. But she did have to, like, move back with her parents. Mosin did get arrested for the kidnapping of Praveen. And essentially after that, you know, Mumtaz and Razia um, sort of just had, like, like were able to kind of live their own independent lives. Like, Razia lived with Praveen for a while, but actually was planning to move into the flat that um, Mumtaz was living in. And also, Razia got a proposal from this really cute captain that... Yeah. Honestly, I don't remember. They said his name, Ali. What? I don't know I was, who that is, right. but he sounded cute as a subplot, but we don't know. Right. And Rosie's like, oh yeah, like, you know, like Captain Ali. And like Parveen's like, yeah, girl. And even Parveen's <laughs> like, who the fuck is that? Who is that? Um, um <laughs> and then like, yeah, most of his kids are also staying with like Parveen and them. Um, so they're taken care of. They're like, you know, able to go to school and stuff like that. And um, the book basically ends with Parveen and Alice like meeting up for drinks. Um and they like clink their glasses to the power of women. Yeah, like literally, that was the literal line to the power <laughs> of women as their cl- as their glasses clink. So that's how the book ended. Um, also, I think Alice joined Jamshiji and Praveen as part of like Mystery Incorporated. Yes, yeah. that also happened. Yeah. So yeah. All right. That's the story. Um, so yeah, so we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we get back, we will get into all the thoughts and feelings. Because who <laughs> we got some thoughts and feelings. And we're back. And our... Yay. Uh, yes. Uh, <sighs> I, <laughs> sorry. I, yeah, I mean, it's like the book is really daring and fast-paced. So it's like I was reading it and I was sitting there like, who is the murderer? Well, I was listening to it on audiobook, which was really fun to do too. Kind of like walking around mm. your apartment and then like, oh no, Amina's missing. <gasps> oh no, Sakina and Mukri knew each other. <gasps> you know, you're like, <laughs> there's lots right. of gasps in there. You're like, Cyrus is going after a fake name. You're like... <gasps> So um, it's, the book is really, it's it's like a fun, fast-paced read that's really interesting. I really, really like this book. I think it's, um, I don't know, it's it's not it's not like a, a deep novel, but it's like not deep, huh? I don't know. I, it doesn't matter if things are deep or not, but like it's, it's, mm. it's, I, I, I don't want to say a summer read either. It's a little, it's more serious than a summer. Well, maybe not. I don't yeah. know. It's just good. Like, it's just a good, yeah. fun mystery novel done well. It's fun to, that it's in this historical place. It's fun that it's not in America or even Europe. And I love, mm-hmm. again, like this sort of um, multicultural city with different people that's not based on Western standards. I mean, obviously the British are there and the colonization is there, but 
it's from the lens of not that. And I, f- I found it really, yeah. really interesting and fun. And I love the way the writer just writes that existence as opposed to like commenting on it. She doesn't comment mm. on its existence at all. She kind of just, which I, I feel like <laughs> this is so weird. I, I want more books like this. Like she's just like by writing about a group of uh, historical fiction in this time and focusing on this lead and this conflict, I'm already mm. just shifting the lens away from someone else. Maybe she's not doing that on purpose, but I don't care. <laughs> I love it. And I think it works. Um, I also think that something the book does that I don't know if it meant to do and I don't really care either is that it really shows that a progress for different rights could definitely happen without West the Western lens. And I think it negates this mm. idea that Western modernity would be what's necessary for societies to change and progress, which I think Americans get really caught in. They're like, we're saving these people from their backwards ways or whatever. But you're like, no, yeah. but have you considered that they would have done that themselves without you, like based on various peoples in that society and community uh, having different thoughts and moving, progressing in a different direction. And you, you kind of interrupted mm. that with this whole colonialist intervention. And I think you see that a lot with Praveen because Praveen, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Cause well, Praveen is Farsi and the woman she's working with are Muslim, but it's not excessively in conflict. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. takes time to understand them and, and back and forth. And, you know, there are scenes where Praveen as someone who's you know part of india as opposed to the colonizing forces and the respect she gives to different cultures because again these people are not the same culture just because they work seamlessly together in many fashions they're not the same and i think that's what we've sometimes missed when we talk about oppressive cultures is that like you people can be from different cultures without having to be so adversarial or so hierarchical um right and i feel like praveen showcases that the author showcases that really well. Um, Mm -hmm. And even there's a scene at the end where like the police are arresting Sakina and she's like, you can't touch me. Like I'm, I'm in seclusion. Like I don't want to be touched. And we're like, Praveen even Mm -hmm. just like moves to like cover her face with her sari. So it's like, okay, yeah, I know we're adversarial in this kid, but like, don't be disrespectful. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's our culture. You know? And I, I just really like these like little, or big points in the story where it's like these conversations. And then at the end, Razia and Mumtaz decide not to live in seclusion anymore, but it's not because someone, you know, forced them out of seclusion. It's because like, given the circumstances of the conversation and like, you know what I mean? And like, Mm. Praveen's even like, even like protective of their desires to the point that she's like, I can come with you to the bank. And they're like, no, actually we we can handle it. And Praveen's like, Oh yeah, no, it's not, it's it's almost (laughs) out of, Praveen's respect for them as individuals and design her du- her strong duty to like justice and goodness is what like moves things in a direction that's best for everyone as opposed to sort of like being like this culture is better and yours is wrong mm. I just really like that and I-, I also like that like different parts of traditions were seen as bad and good so it's like the seclusion for the Muslim women wasn't necessarily bad in the way that Praveen's seclusion during her period was bad you know what I mean like it's mm. it's not like the thing that it's not the culture itself that's bad but the way it's utilized by different people to exploit that causes the problem and the way that changes is when you know this person who's interested in the actual she you know praveen keeps saying in the store she's like you know i have a duty to protect my client and jamshiji and i have a duty to our client you know it's like this just very Mm. like beautiful like honor bound desire to like 
be responsible. And even when she was almost like hit by a Mukri and leaves for her protection, she was like, no, it's my duty to protect. Like, I just mm. love this like very heroic. I don't know. Praveen's such a great character in my mind because she's so, I don't know. She's so, she has so much heart and so much courage yeah. and bravery, but she's not perfect either. She makes mistakes. Even when she's like with her father in Calcutta when he's defending her, she's like, dad, you're embarrassing me. You're like, Praveen, there's a lot on the line here. And even her mom's like, <laughs> her mom's like, Praveen, can you chill? Because your dad's about to like go up in court in a court he's never been in, like to like cape for his daughter. Like, <laughs> Completely unprepared. Completely. Jim Shiji thought he was going to be just in the fucking right. like, audience, just chilling. Right. Like, and it, you're just so. like, right. Even He did prepare the case, but you're right. Like it was a split. Like the barrister really was supposed to be doing this job. Like he was not there. Right. So I don't know. I just really love those aspects of it. And it just made me, and even like the part with Alice, like um, there was tension there. We didn't really go into it because like Alice will show signs of like colonizing behavior and their friendship doesn't mean that Alice doesn't have those tendencies. It's like, um, it's a conversation about those things. It makes the story feel very real and actual because if it was, if Alice was like a perfect character, you'd be like, this person doesn't exist. <laughs> how could someone, yeah. in, how could a, like a white British woman in 1921 Britain, like not have biases? That's yeah. impossible. But it's still Alice's character is well-rounded in the sense that she's not, interested in those biases um that she's been raised with and praveen gets terse with her but also is her friend you know what i mean there's just like a real Mm. human dynamic about them and really all the characters that that people aren't perfect they're just human but they're also not like massively disrespectful i mean obviously the ones there are disrespectful people when they're bad in the story but you know what i mean okay marcy Mm. what did you think (laughs) (laughs) no thank you for that i you said so many things that like I'm like yeah like you're you're right that is a thing like just thinking about the the cultural differences religious differences between like Perveen and you know her clients throughout the entire book it's like yeah it's like very subtle but the way that they like not subtle in that like the the differences are subtle but just like I guess kind of the way that Perveen's able to sort of like I don't want to say code switch that just feel like I guess sometimes yeah. but like just like you know able to sort of like you know, still have a relationship, like a healthy one, like, you know, get to know them, not only as clients, but as people. Like, it's like, she just does it with like a grace that's like, wow, like you just like, like you don't really seem particularly bothered Mm -hmm. while doing this. Um, But yeah, but I definitely echo a lot of the same sentiments. I fucking loved uh, this book. I loved this book. It was so, I just, oh my God. Feels like kind of like, I don't know, like an easy way out because I picked it. Like this is literally my pick. But I like, (laughs) I like, I did that. Like Marcy of like, whenever the fuck I picked this, did that. Because this shit is so, I, okay. So definitely underlining all of the things you just said. And I just love like the fact that Perveen was the main character. I think just really, it just really did so much for me i really love her character like you said she has so much heart she's so just like brilliant and calculated and just like Mm -hmm. so i I feel like we said these things in like the last episode but like you know just like has these like really wonderful characteristics but it's also just like so deeply human um yeah in a way that i'm just like i just love the way that you're characterized and the way that like even like when she like engineered her own escape and stuff like that after being kidnapped like i'm just like you're just so like i like you're just so it's very, very, it's, it's just wonderful reading yeah. from a character who who has really, despite her young age, or I guess what we might see as a young age, has like just truly like become in so many ways. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the thing. I, like Praveen's what? Like she's what? Like 23? Yeah. I think, but it's like she's someone that like, I don't know, like I feel like she's really lived, like I, I read her as like much older 
I read her as much older than she was, just right. based on like kind of like her wisdom. Like I had to remind myself of her age. I'm like, oh, Praveen's like actually younger than you. <laughs> like, right. you know, like I'm just like, you're, she's just so like, it, it's really wonderful to read from that like very mature perspective of someone who's still like humble and like has a lot to learn. Anyway, I love Praveen a lot. And like her, oh, Zaddy. Oh my God. Still mad at the universe. <laughs> still mad at that hundred year gap, but it's fine. Well, and it's like, that's it's a, fine. That's like a, a good thing to remember too. Like Praveen isn't a character on tour onto herself she also has like her family and their family is like a yeah. really big part of the story and how Praveen is able to kind of live mature and be such a strong character because like Jung Cheji is like okay you're getting divorced we're gonna read through this marriage act together and like we mm, need to think about yeah. arguments together and then like when she comes back her mom I feel like I have understated how lovely her mother is her mother is oh, like yeah. like you know she you know especially when you compare it to her mother-in-law and just even some other characters like her mom's like okay well that's terrible and we're not doing it. you know what I mean like she understands mm. she doesn't shame her she doesn't say like well how come you couldn't keep your man you know <laughs> she's just like right she's like yeah we're not doing that and it's and even though she's her brother's annoying quote-unquote but it's very much in like an older sibling like mm. you know and i think having that it's just the fact that once all this happens like her her parents were like okay go to, to britain and come back it was just like a really right beautiful thing to see that not the you know the way that that things might have happened which is like the shaming mm. and that seeing that not happen is really refreshing and Really and I think beautiful. I think you you bring up such a good point because something that I am almost tempted to say is that like the family dynamic one everything you just said as far as like the unconditional like love this unconditional support like at every point they were like yeah Praveen like you know you want to aim to you know you want to be a lawyer all these different things like, we're going to make that happen for you you're escaping this abusive relationship we're going to make a home for you we're not going to like turn our backs on you regardless of whatever like you know what society might say is the best way to approach mm-hmm. this or like you know what a woman should do in a situation like this etc. I loved that, but also I love just like how it shows just how timeless like unconditional love and support and empathy and the power of that to override like, you know, these kind of like yeah. mores within society and culture that tell us that we need to treat each other like as less than human. Mm-hmm. Like it shows how timeless those things are and how powerful they are too. Because I'm like, while yes, like we have ways of characterizing what a culture or what a time was like and like what like the cultural values were, it's like sure these might be like this might be an aggregate assessment or typically more of like a dominant group assessment mm-hmm. of like how they live their lives at this time like you know right. like people who are the most represented or the most who have the most institutional power but there are also plenty of people and groups both within these groups and outside that like weren't like that that didn't right. hold those same values that that led with you know a sense of like even if like for example like you know maybe the language behind their actions to justify it might be different like the love for one another prevailed among everything else right. like you could really truly read Jamsheji's character her mom you know even her brother to a lesser degree not really her brother but like you know like <laughs> those two especially as like just being these really wonderful feminists like dope ass icons yeah. even like you know in a way that's like but they just led with love you know like, yeah, <laughs> like it exactly. wasn't even about the political label it, they just loved Parveen and they just wanted the best for her and they knew that she didn't deserve what she was getting and so they like supported her and yeah. it's just, it was just so wonderful to read a character that like yet yeah, like you know she's like this woman living in society in 1920 it's like there's a lot like i mean as we see in the book like there's a lot against women at that time that just made things just like needlessly difficult, difficult. like even the fact that she couldn't like she could be arrested for leaving Cyrus right. despite all the things that happened is like there's so much institutionally working against women at that time but at the same time like they 
it's it's nice to read from the perspective of someone who is marginalized institutionally, but still has that unconditional support from people who are both in that group and outside. Right. Especially like like looking at like her dad and being like, "You're like a man in this time, and you're like not big. Like you're like not big shit. You know, like it's just like that's. Yeah. The, I love that depiction. It's just very. It just I, reminds I, you that these are false it's a false narrative to say that people have to be oppressive you know what i mean that's not exactly true. people choose to be that they chose to be in the past exactly. they chose to do it now but there is no time period where you know i mean okay there are extreme there are circumstances but bar those circumstances a lot of the reasons people do things is for the social clout and for the way it appears right. you know cyrus is in the hospital not because i mean yes he is also sick but also it, but he's in bombay because his family does wants mm. to hide the truth you know um right yeah, I don't know. It was really lovely. And I do think that love that her family shows her allows her, and that not just love, but the expectation her family has mm. of respect for other people is what becomes the core of her practice. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when when Praveen's talking, she's like, yeah, it's terrible. They try to, like, make a person who's been formerly incarcerated the scapegoat for this. You know, it's terrible that the, the guy at the dock is being jailed for just trying to create a union. You know what I mean? Like, she's right. so against these things, even to the point when Alice says something, she's like, no, that's not right. Like, we can't. That's not how things work. Like, you're missing out the fact that, you know, the rich will often scapegoat the poor. And that conviction, mm. you know, it's because I remember there's a line at the beginning of it where John Shiji's like, no, you said you're going to learn this language. You need to learn it so you can like communicate with these people i think reading this book i was like there's so much i was like this is inspiring me to be like when you're interacting with different people don't go with the western model of like people expecting other people to cater to to you but like mm-hmm. in a multicultured country that's non-hierarchical that's exactly it like you should know just enough even not if not more about other people's cultures you know what i'm saying like mm. when people ask Praveen a question like i remember vaughn inspector inspector vaughn like <laughs> he came in and he was like <laughs> knocking on the door he's like namaste namaste and then Praveen was like that's that's indie they don't that's not a muslim greeting that's not what you that's right and she's neither really not even trying right right and she's neither muslim or hindi right like but she's like you're doing it wrong you know what i mean and like that's what i mean about if we're gonna live in a multicultural space it's like having enough respect for other people's cultures that not are not yours to like be able to distinguish and do the code switch really in the situations that it matters for because that's respectful yeah. and that's how you live in a society with different people without using, you know, colonialized power and violence to suppress people. Maybe, exactly. maybe. Right. And I'm like, if you, I'm like, you colonize us over here, like, bare, like y'all just trying to speak English and y'all just expect everyone else to speak English. Meanwhile, Praveen over here jumping between Hindi, English, right. Marathi, like all these different fucking languages. <laughs> and like, And it's like, I, yeah, exactly that. It's like, if you're going to be the one to work in you know within these different groups among different people like do like put try you know right, <laughs> just right. just try <laughs> you know right and, and even honestly sorry no continue i was gonna say and even alice's character i know alice has some flaws right <laughs> but you can see when she like you know interacts with like praveen and her family and like, you know different folks like it's like she does like you can see she's like trying right like you know i remember they were like when they were eating lunch like she was explaining how her mom like how she was explaining how praveen's mom uh told her uh, like how to say different i guess items on the table like in hindi and like i was like oh my gosh and hindi is so hard like da, da, da. like and it's just like okay you're at least trying, trying. Right. <laughs> you're at least trying to communicate with folks trying to like say different things if they correct you it's like okay cool file save thank you thank you very much right. i'm gonna take this into the future rather than just like screaming namaste at people and expecting them to like <laughs> right. respond like Open girl what like and then shouting at them in english it's like what are you talking about like 
<sighs> and it's like, um, anyway. I think Alice's character is interesting because she is like, she's like, no, I don't want to take this privilege. Like, oh, if we go to the movies, like Alice would sit somewhere else. And Praveen's like, yeah, Alice wouldn't do that. Like part of becoming part of a society without this weird colonialism is to like not taking the privilege that society gives you to like have you separate yourself you know what i mean like Mm, just because someone can give you the privilege of it doesn't mean you take it and that's what a lot of doing the work to give up white supremacy or whatever supremacy in in your society is it's like no that's wrong i'm not going to take it jump does it does it in fact her mom does it like they could just be like you're a shameful daughter but they don't take that societal privilege of of, of being like well, we're justified in disowning you because you did what's quote unquote societally incorrect. And they're like, no, right. instead we're going to do what we want to do based on a relationship with you. Uh, yeah. And Alice does that too in a smaller way, but you know, she's, she's working on it. Like she's trying. right? <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, like I, Alice is just so, I just find her character very charming. I don't know what, like I just, she's just <laughs> so like, I think it's just like her sense of humor or like, I don't know. I remember like there's a description where like, <laughs> like again i don't know why i remember all these things from the lunch but like when alice came over for lunch like praveen was like yeah like my sister-in-law ended up taking a nap after lunch but i don't even think she was tired i think she just kind of got overwhelmed with because apparently she asked alice like hey like how are things in england and like alice just went on this whole diatribe about like women's suffrage and like irish freedom and like women in like stem <laughs> and then the gold house is like okay you know what i'm, I'm gonna take a nap because like there's a lot like it's like i'm literally like i i did not think you were going to go. like so it's just like i don't know she just like she has a conviction she has things she's care she cares right, about like exactly. there is like an activist energy and so i think that does lend itself to being like okay like if i'm over here like fighting for women's suffrage and all these different things like i need to like but like i need to 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 make the words i'm saying actionable and yeah. make that transferable not just you know only act in in a way that's responsive to my own individual experience exactly. i need to kind of like be able to work alongside others and like you know yeah, just really recognize humanity beyond myself. Yeah. Um, she's not perfect so at like, it. She makes mistakes, it, but she's it trying. Isn't, but she is trying. And I'm like, you know what, Alice? You are... You... you. I mean, they had you over for lunch. I mean, right. her mom... Like, Alice's mama came and Purdy like, I mean, you could come in, but girl, like, you are racist. <laughs> like, could you actually <laughs> stay outside? Like, please don't go. Uh, and please I don't come inside my house. even more importantly than that, it's, the story isn't focused... You know, characters are allowed, are allowed to react to Alice in a way... The writer makes it so that their reactions are just as valid as Alice's reactions. So Jamshiji's right. irritation with Alice for being there and being kind of disrespectful of a murder scene because <laughs> she's like, what's yeah. happening here? Um, is given as much credence and Praveen's irritation too as Alice being there, if not more so. And I think that's the way the, the writer... You know, I think sometimes we forget that the lens which people write in influences the way we read the story. And mm. the way the writer focuses on Praveen and Jamshiji's and, and legitimizes, obviously, their irritation shows that, like, it decenters the, the, the white hegemony perspective, you know, while still leaving mm. it in the story, which makes it accurate but not overbearing. Um, mm. Which I feel like the story, that's what I mean by the story, just, like, turns the lens without... You know, with just such a simplicity that makes me realize how much of literature is just told from a hegemonic perspective, you know? People are like, how many times are you going to say hegemonic? I'll use a different word. (laughs) 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 Like, are you sure? Do you want to use it one more time? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was a good book. It's it's a good book. I I was we were talking about this me and Marcy before. Like it could be a movie. Like high absolutely. Key. It's so so much definitely. Entry. A lot of it felt very cinematic, especially yes. the end when like those glasses clinked and they were like <laughs> the end. I'm like, girl, this is a, this is basically a screenplay at this point, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, so definitely very cinematic. I will say on a sort of lighter note, um, as far as the mystery is concerned, I realize that like when I read mysteries, I don't really try to guess who did it. I just kind of like. Oh, interesting. I just kind of like stay on the wave. I just kind of like mm. just see what happens. I don't really put a lot of expectations out there. Cause like when I found out, like when we realized it was Sakina in the end, I was like, okay, cool. Like I like I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I definitely thought it was, you know, like I, I was just like, okay, cool. Like I'm just going to wait and see how this unfurls. <laughs> I don't know if you do the same thing, but I, I feel like for me, I like, I try to figure it out. And then I, for this one, I really liked it because I actually was like, no, but like who did it? <laughs> um, mm. And usually I like, usually I try to figure it out. And I'm like, okay, I, I think I figured it out. But with this one, I was really sitting there like no who who did at first i was like maybe it was a mean huh and i was like maybe it was um mm. i don't know but it was it was i think i really liked the reveal with the and when when the reveal that mukri and sakina knew each other then i was like going back and i was like oh my god and then this happened and then this and i was like what about this time and it, it was really fun and i think that's what a good mystery makes you do like mm. you get to the end and you're like no like let, rewind the tape let me figure out what was happening on page 45 or whatever you know Exactly. Um, and it's so funny because even Mosin's character, he was the one that kidnapped Praveen, but also saved her earlier right. when Mookie tried to strike her. So it's like you set up these like benevolent characteristics. Yeah. And then it's like he ends up kidnapping her like 200 pages later. You know, like it's like that's like, yeah, I feel like there are just so many twists and turns. And also each character's motivation for having done like having killed Mukri was very clear a mm-hmm. lot of people had a reason to kill Mukri. it's true everyone had something to gain from it so like the whole time you're like i mean sure it could be sakina but it could just as easily be razia it could just as easily be like it, like no yeah. one here is really exempt right so which makes the story good and and also i feel like the very well-roundedness of the characters helped you be like no, I could see them doing that, but I could also see them, you know, like, mm. um, who was it? The, the guard, Mosin? Like, his mm. his motivations of helping his son and helping his daughter, you know what I mean? Like, the how much his, like, we don't talk about it much, but, like, Fatima and Zaid really love their dad, and they're, like, really heartbroken when he's gone, you know? The characters are yeah. multifaceted, and, and that helps you that acts as a red herring because if the, you know, there's one person just, the only one twirling their mustache in the story is, is Mukri. You know what I mean? So even having, and like Alice's mom, and she's not even like involved. Right, right. <laughs> like, and Alice's just... mom is like a sad character. <laughs> right. Like at best. <laughs> right. It's really just like a, like a, I don't even know, special appearance, but, but yeah, having them be well-rounded acts as like a red herring because, and it's just so realistic because you're like anyone, based on their motivations we can do a lot of things so Mm. i don't know i really dig this story i might read more of them yeah and i will say um from what i understand this is a series Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure what the subsequent titles are called but i believe that there are at least two out don't fact check me we can look into this and maybe put them in the show notes (laughs) but um but yeah it's a series though so there will be more pervy mystery titles um yeah, if they don't already exist. So check so, her out. Check her out. Show her some yeah, love. Yeah, so definitely check out the series. It is really, really good. And also, too, the first book ended very conclusively. So I'm sure if you open book two, I'm sure it'll be fine. So yeah, it doesn't. So yeah, sh- yeah, you. I mean, the the whole thing was solved in this book. So I'm sure you could choose a, a different one in the series. And basically, but hey, if you yeah. if you know more about you know Widows of Malabar Hill. Or you have a different mystery reading style. Or if you have an idea for a detective noir novel, 
if you Ooh, as the main okay. character, you know, hit us okay. up on Twitter at the color pages mm-hmm. or, you know, so show us some love at, at these color pages on Instagram. We got a link tree on our, that goes to our website that you can see what books we're reading next. <laughs> Um, email us, email us, email, yes, email us at these kind of pages yes, <laughs> at gmail.com. They're like, email, that's what got you. All those words out there that you just said. Yeah. Hegemony, hegemony didn't get Hege- you. Hegemony, all this other shit. Email. Like, email, is- that's what got you. All right, kid. <laughs> oh my God. And if you have comments about that, you know, hit us up at our email at these color pages at gmail.com or our website, oh these color pages.com. Woo. Yes, and of course, as we always say, you know, if this episode brought you any any love, any light, any delight, you know, mm, poetry, <laughs> poetry, share it with a friend, you know, yes. share with someone that you love. And, you know, or maybe, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, maybe leave us a comment, a rating, a review, you know, just leave us some love, a little something, something or whatever. whatever. And, you know, we just, we just really appreciate it. We really love the shares. We love Anytime that we hear from you all. Also, too, you know, we are moving away from the Apple Industrial Complex. However, mm. we currently have 29 ratings and reviews. And I don't like prime numbers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just I don't I don't like me a prime number. So if we could just get that to 30. 30. Oh, 30. I'm about to be 30. Oh, my God. It just it really will come together. So, you know, one of you right now is listening on Apple Podcasts. Just like, you know, just go. Just go to the page, press that little button, you know, like leave a little review, <laughs> press the little five stars or whatever. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, and next time we'll actually be reading, I'll defer to Akko for this next book. Yeah, we are reading my pick, which is Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. So get excited, y'all. Unless you get already excited. read it. I still be excited. I don't know. Right, because we, we got to talk about it and hopefully that's exciting yeah. um, or not whatever um, and if you have thoughts about that you know those ratings and reviews I just said come on anyway okay well you know what we've been here long enough Akko do you have any uh, any other things we should leave our listeners with before we head out no just until we see you next time <laughs> just remember to stay, stay colorful, colorful.